0: Welcome to the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor podcast, Laugh Box. We have multiple hosts and multiple guests and multiple ways to think out of the box using humor.
1: Laugh Box is a production of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Visit us online at www.aath.org. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Music by Gary Rubio. For more information, www.garyrubiomusic.com.
0: Welcome to Episode 92 with Jim Bob Williams, Katie B., and our special guest, stand-up comic, Ragu Adibatla.
1: Welcome! Um. Welcome to Laugh Box, the official podcast of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. I'm Jim Bob Williams. And I'm Katie B. And we're here exploring how to use humor to address all sorts of issues in life because the motto of the AATH is humor helps. Now our guest today is someone that I didn't know that I knew. We have a lot of friends in common, professionally and personally, and he is an up and rising comic. This is and please smack my hand if I get your name wrong. But this is Raghu Aribatla. You got it. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Good, Good job. Uh, okay. Raghu is on dry bar comedy special. Not like the sauce, which is great stuff. You got to listen to it. And so, let me get out of the way and just ask you first question. How'd you get into comedy?
2: I've actually, I've always wanted to do something in comedy, but I never knew what. But growing up, I was always the funny one, I guess, the more outspoken one, the one that always wanted to be in front of a camera. We had home videos and stuff. I was the one that occupied the screen time. And uh, my name had a lot to do with it. People made fun of my name a lot. And I thought, Hey, I can do two things about it. I can cry about it, or I can just give it right back and just kind of laugh in their faces. And it's just one of those things that kind of gave me a big sense of humor about life. And I didn't really start until 2010. But in 2007, I did have my first kind of stint in stand-up comedy. I was part of a NetApp gala network for Indian professionals. We had a gala that exchanged hands to the next board. I was on the social board and there was a stand-up comic coming and he was a professional. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I I was like, hey guys, I have some jokes. I thought I could just do a little bit before we brought him on. So they were like, okay. So I wrote down jokes. They went up there. I had no idea what I was doing. I, talk, I talked for like eight minutes straight, no pause. And I didn't know about pausing or anything. I thought, okay, this is it. I'm done. I'm not doing this ever again. But then three years later in 2010, I did an open mic. And I want, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm going to try this again. Okay. And I never stopped since then. Just kept going to mics. And this time I did more research about it how to do comedy and how to hold the mic and uh, what it really takes. And I met a lot of people along the way who helped me out. So just never stopped since, uh, since then. Yeah. Oh, right.
0: <clears throat> Where are you located? Where can people find you?
2: I'm in Chicago, but yeah, people can find me on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram at RRA comic, the same handle for Twitter. Although I use Instagram and Facebook more. I really should be better with the social media, but I am not very good with content, which is what I really need to get into. But I'm on those channels pretty much all the time.
1: Okay. Now, in your uh, secret identity is as a media person, right? You do search engine optimization or you've done search engine optimization.
2: I've done it. Yeah. I'm in marketing. Definitely. I've done it in the past.
1: So you have an unfair advantage over any other comic out there.
2: Okay. You would think so. I really should. I I know how to do, I know how to analyze other websites and companies, but I try my best to put things out there. I've done like little video promos and stuff, but I don't, that also takes a lot of time. I think there are comics whose other thing, not just stand up or comedy, it's, their other thing is content they make their money off of it so mm-hmm. they really put their time and effort i put more of my time and effort into my joke writing and being on uh, doing shows and as far as promos they're mostly flyers and whatnot i think i just put my put more of my time into the other my stand up
0: <laughs> and i think when you work in the industry it's it's harder actually to do some of that for yourself
2: yeah No, that that's true. I used to be in analytics for a long time, so my thing was all about metrics. So that gets in your head, and then you get that fear: what if people don't like the video? What if I don't get enough clicks? And (laughs) it it gets in your head, and I can't separate it. So I do what I can. I don't really worry about it. Yeah,
0: and you're you are funny, and we watched your Drive Our Comedy Show, and it was great.
2: I really appreciate it, by the way. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> it was great. And does humor help you at work?
2: Oh, yeah. It helps a lot. And my company, like people know I do stand up. They love it. They invite it. I've done comedy for our uh, quarterly meeting once, and they're always asking when my next show is. But the thing is, it definitely helps you connect with people because that's really what you're doing when you're up on stage is you're engaging the audience and you're connecting. So it helps with present presentations especially because you're able to know your audience so that's one of the yeah. biggest things is know your audience who are you presenting to and so you bring a lot of the skills that you have when you're doing stand-up and you bring it to uh, to work so yeah it 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 definitely uh, translate over
1: a good salesperson needs to know how to read the room and a- that's right <laughs> and a comic knows how to read the room but- <laughs> The salesperson yeah. probably isn't going to get a beer bottle thrown at him. But.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true.
2: Okay, I'd so, be of, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay,
1: so uh, how old were you when you came to the United States?
2: I was about four and a half, probably. Okay, was five years old. Yeah.
1: All right. So did yeah. you uh, did you start out in Chicago, Land?
2: No. <laughs> okay. I we moved to Pittsburgh. Really. When we okay. first came to the United States, yeah. And I still remember, you remember things when you're that young, you remember some things. I remember the neighborhood I was in, the apartment complex. We were there for about two years and then we moved to Michigan, Portage near Kalamazoo. I was there about six, seven years maybe. Then moved to upstate New York and my parents are still there. Our house is still there. That's where we go to see our parents. Right, and then curious. I'm we're upstate. State. Yeah. We're upstate New York. Corning, New York. Well, I yes. say Corning because the original, like the town we're from, is called Horseheads, New York, which nobody's really <laughs> heard of. But when I say, sometimes I do say, I'm from Horseheads, and then I eventually get to the bigger cities. But yeah, just in that area.
1: Oh, I grew up in New York City. I grew up in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. And nice. I went to school in Troy, New York. And I know some folks in Corning. Nice. Uh, and one thing that fascinates me. I grew up in a Jewish family.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. Presbyterian now, long story, don't worry about it. But okay, one thing that impressed me is that a lot of Jewish comics came out of New York City, did the Borscht yeah. Belt and that routine there. Yeah. Okay. And I think the thing that's fascinating to me about 21st century comedy is now immigrants from other countries yeah. are following the same path. Yeah. yeah. They're taking their experience, getting, and I think that clash of cultures. Yeah, The great fertile soil for comedy, shall I say.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I see more and more Indian Americans doing comedy. And even in India, it's become a big thing now. Yeah. Uh, the, the stand-up comedy. Comedy was always there in some form, but the yeah. actual stand-up comedy, the whole club thing, at the tiny table and the mic, the traditional stand-up, oh. it's big now. Yeah.
0: Was it tough for your family? How did you, what was it like for your parents when they first arrived, and how did they make their way and all of that?
2: I I don't think it was that hard. My dad came here first when he got a job here, and then we all came in 1983. We all came to the United States. No, it we when we started out, it wasn't like we were already in a big house or something. It was like a small apartment in a in an area of Pittsburgh, and they worked hard and and it's. Made sure that we fit in. I, uh, we're all, my parents are vegetarian. I had my first hot dog when I was four and a half, like in Pittsburgh. So that's it. That kind of set me on a path for being non-vegetarian right away. (laughs) So yeah, I, I, they, I have friends and they just kind of let me just blend in and just, so it was really good. And moving to, it wasn't like we were moving one place to another really fast. We got accustomed to where we were. And so it was a nice journey we had. <laughs>
0: That's good. That's you know? good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from Definitely. Michigan. So uh, there's some pretty good Indian communities out there too. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah, And I think that you just uh, brought up a good point was that was important for them. Finding an Indian niche. Definitely having more Indians around us really helped because they were, of course, taking the same journey we were. And yeah. so... Wherever we were, we had Indian families and my friends were, some were Indian, some were not, and that was great. But I think that was important for, for my parents because that kind of helped us to stay in touch with our Indian culture. So that was also really important for them was to, for us not to forget about all the Indian things. So we just kept doing that. They were... We found where the Hindu temples are. We, the Indian restaurants or things like that. So they made sure we kept in touch with what, everything Indian.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I'm a big fan. Oh,
2: that's great. I'm a big
0: big fan of India. Nice. Very good. (laughs) So in your show, you talked about how. Men are terrible and women are good. Can you talk more about that?
2: (laughs) I don't know if I said it that way, but I think (laughs) where you're going with this is, yeah, all husbands can be the same and all wives can be the same. That's the thing about my humor is it relates to everybody. It doesn't matter where you're from. Husbands are always going to be the clueless ones when they always asking, hey, where's this? Or where's that? Or where's, where are my pants? And (laughs) and then when it comes to the kids, kids are kids. And so that's one of the things I love what the humor I do because everybody relates to it, but yeah.
0: Yeah, that's why I thought it was so funny. It was just cuz yeah. I liked your delivery. I liked your build up to that to those points and it was funny.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah.
0: And now if you don't mind, I have a couple more questions about that show. Sure.
2: No worries. So yeah. like
0: you mentioned arguing with your wife is like calling a yeah. call center or a service tech. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's so that joke took a lot of work. Like I it used to start one way. It was almost the same, but then I added the the call center part more of a customer representative because then you know people already that stereotype's already there when you're calling customer service you're going to get somebody Indian so it was a little tie between the two and When I added that, it was more impactful, definitely. Absolutely,
0: yeah. I think, and yeah. And then it's recorded. That was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah, definitely.
1: So in the joke writing process, are you ever really finished writing a joke? You write it, then you see something that you can add to it or tweak years later?
2: Never. And somebody, another comic mentioned, and I forget who the comedian was that did a special. So what happens is like, they will look at their own special again, and then they'll realize other tags they could have put on the joke. And I, and I've seen my special, at least, I don't know how many times I've watched it so many times, like throughout all the edits, but throughout that process. Yeah. I now have (laughs) like, Oh, this is also funny. I could add to this. So what I do is I will use some jokes on stage now. And even if they have seen the special, let's say, and they remember a joke, I do it on stage, there's a couple more things added, then it's, oh, hey, I, that's funny, I didn't, that's different. <laughs> yeah, you never are really complete with, I, I wouldn't say all the jokes, but there are some that you definitely, you keep on writing, because it's, it's just, you just keep thinking of stuff, yeah.
1: <laughs> when did you decide to make the, to commit yourself to comedy, besides just doing the open mics, but now you said, no, I'm going to, no.
2: yeah. So it's- I think right away I was, I did my first mic. It went really well, which a lot of comedians will say, oh my God, I did my first mic. It went so well. And then I kept going, but, and then the next one didn't work out. Like it was just, I felt, I crashed right away. It was, it didn't take long, but I was like, you know what? That's a, that's part of the process. And, but right, I think right away, I was like, dude yeah, this is something I want to do and I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care. I'm going to, I know I'm going to fail many times. I know. <laughs> There have been times I've been frozen on stage many times, and but it's all part of the process. So I think right away I just start. I just decided I'm gonna give this my 100% because you know I want to see where it goes.
1: So you're gonna be headed out to California pretty soon, okay?
2: Yeah, in uh, November, November 11th and 12th, I have I have a show on November 11th on Friday at Flappers Comedy yeah. Club out there. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's yeah. great. Yeah, a friend yeah. of mine from high school performed at Flappers. Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) Her name is Robin Siegel. If you ever see her, say hi. What's her name? Robin Siegel.
2: Robin Siegel. All right. I will keep that in mind. That's awesome. I didn't know that, Jim Bob.
1: Oh, I come from Sheepshead Bay High School. That high school has Robin Siegel, who she was a medical doctor, but had such a strong love of comedy. She left medicine and concentrated on shows in the New York City area. And she's done some national commercials and some other. She's phenomenally talented. That's she was awesome. in my graduating class. Neil oh, Berliner, cool. who's also the joke writer. He does a lot of clinics on how to write jokes. He was a writer for Howard Stern. Also wrote stuff for some of the various uh, Comedy Central roasts.
2: Neil Berliner, that sounds very familiar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's
1: yeah. a shout out yeah. to you, Neil, if you're listening to this. Uh, Neilberlinercomedy.com. Yeah, yeah, get a plug in there for him. But also Donna Peskow, who had a TV series, Angie, in the 70s. She was also nice. on Saturday Night here. And probably our most famous comic alumnus is Larry David. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I
2: don't know. There's something in the water
1: or, you know, there, but But the high school was next to a sewage treatment plant.
2: Okay, That's so cool.
0: And so I know what to blame. Yeah. Just saying. (laughs) That's hilarious. I digress. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that was a really good digression actually Funny. so can you tell us about your best and scariest moments doing stand-up
2: oh yeah oh yeah I think my best moment doing stand-up was when I first did when I first went to Flappers Comedy Club when I did the Burbank Comedy Festival okay and my first show was on the main stage Whoa. part of the festival and I was a nervous wreck standing there on the side I was just like crazy <laughs> but I did my five minutes. got up there it was flawless it went great and I was just like so proud of myself that because this festival, there's a lot of eyes on you yeah <laughs> there'd be you're being judged and and uh, but it went great and I I thought and that was when I I went into the green room and met Jay Leno. So he was there that night. Nice. That was probably the greatest moment in in my comedy was uh, doing that.
1: (laughs) That is Is amazing. Is there any better feeling than nailing it? Nailing it, yes.
2: Because that, and then just meeting Leno made it just much better after Yeah. If I know what (laughs) Did he give you a compliment? Uh, What's up? Did he give
0: you a compliment?
2: Oh, no, he didn't, he didn't too. I couldn't even get words out. Forget about talking, (laughs) like, I couldn't breathe. I love that guy. Like, he was my favorite late show host. But yeah, that was my best. My my worst was at Zany's Comedy Club up in, they have one in Rosemont now, in in the suburbs. It's the newer one. And I was doing this audition, they have audition showcase. Like, it's the first step of the process to get booked. It's a long process, but it's even getting that it, it's it was a great opportunity. So I go there and I'm three minutes into my set. That's what I froze. I froze for an entire minute. Wow. A whole minute on stage freezing feels like days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just oh my god it's the worst feeling in the world. The oh. worst. And and then that happened and I was I was like okay it has all right you know what <laughs> let's put a check mark next to frozen on stage and just that's it yeah. that's my quote that's I'm done that should be my last so I decided that's never going to happen again let's make sure that doesn't happen again and you kind of decide yeah. what to do to not do that anymore
0: <laughs> yeah so, and so what kicked you out of the f- being frozen
2: oh so I don't know so I was I'm like I'm just I'm frozen and I'm racking my head and my brain is like going like a mile a minute and all of a sudden the last joke just kicked in so I was like <sighs> and I just just started talking again as if nothing happened of course people see it but I was like I'm just gonna finish this off I gotta laugh the closing and that's it I was done <laughs> Wow! I I sat through the whole show. I sat there and I like, you know what? And my wife and my brother in law were in the audience and which makes it worse. Um, So yeah, I just decided not to do that again. And since then, I don't think it's ever, ever happened.
0: That's good. So you expect stand up to take you to be the next Indian James Bond.
2: I don't think, I hope not, but I, uh, I think that I would be cool. I don't know, if. but no, I, that joke has been the closer for a long time. And then I just finally, I think like last year, sometime I um, replaced it with a new closer. So
0: um, I think, but I, I think you're yeah. right. I think you're right. I think, I think so. from Frozen <laughs> on stage to the next yeah. James Bond. I see it. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That works.
1: So where do you get your ideas from? And what's your discipline for writing jokes?
2: So the funny thing is, I don't write a whole lot, like actual okay. write. I don't sit down and there's only, I get, I usually when I'm walking around, I'm talking to friends and family, we'll be talking about something and then all of a sudden a subject, I'll just, we'll just be, I'll be laughing and then I'll start adding tags in the conversation and I'll just keep on talking once I find something funny. And all of a sudden I have a joke. And so I quickly, I take out my phone and I tell everybody, I'm like, hey, wait, guys, I got to write this down. I do that all the time. I just, because I can't forget it. So that's how I get a lot of ideas. And then there are many times where I don't, I, sometimes I take it straight to the stage because I build it in my head. I talk it through and I'm like, you know what, this will work. But then there are times where I have to write it out because if it, maybe it's something that I really absolutely, it's specific that I have to write it down. So especially long jokes, like a lot of my jokes are, I'm not quite the storyteller comic. I don't Mm -hmm. go on and on about one thing, but my newer stuff that I'm trying to bring out, they're a little longer. So Mm -hmm. I have to write those out. And then a lot of the ones that I have are more of the arguing with women joke or like Mm -hmm. the kids and the men. They're like little short bits that I just keep doing one after the other. Yeah, but the long jokes, I write those out. So I make mm-hmm. sure, because I want to get those right, because there's a lot of moving parts to it. But yep. yeah, that, that's usually how it goes for, uh, it depends on the joke. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. I get what you're saying about when you you're so, something funny happens in a conversation and you're writing it down so you can use it in a bit. Yep.
2: Yeah. And people will tell me all the time, and this happens all the time, oh, you should use this. And more than half the time, I don't, because when they <laughs> say, well, it's funny to them, but it's, I can't do that. It has to come from me. It has to, it's something that I tell myself, oh, I should use this. And then I go with it.
0: Yeah. Do you, did you, yeah. do you consider that you've created sort of a, a persona up there?
2: I think so. I'm just, I think what it is, I just try to make it very natural just when I'm ta- telling something because I draw from my life a lot. Like when I'm making fun of my parents or just my family. It, I try to just make it natural. I don't think I'm trying to be anything or I'm not trying to trying to a certain style that I've adopted or something. It's more of this is it. This is who I am. I'm just going to talk. Just not trying to put on anything. So really the persona is just me. That's how I am off stage. Like when I'm talking to my friends, I that's how I talk. That's how, you know, it just is it's just uh, just me.
0: <laughs> Do you have a tagline? Have you know how some people No respect, that kind of stuff. Do you feel like you have a tagline?
2: I think my tagline right now is not like the sauce. I think that's what I've been going with right now. I knew that was going to be the title uh, for a special and I'm writing a book right now, which is going to be titled not like the sauce. Whoa. Okay. Um, Yeah. And it's kind of, and I held it off because I, my goal was to do my first special or something big, Mm -hmm. but this happened. And so now I'm continuing to write the book because now I have something to write towards, like yeah. something big that happened and my journey to that.
1: So. Yeah, that's- the book going to be autobiographical?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Autobiographical. Okay. I'm going to write it. It's going to be
1: about me. <laughs> okay. Do you remember the TV series, Just Off the Boat?
2: Just Off the Boat. No. Oh. Sorry. Oh,
1: fresh fresh off the boat. I'll IMDb oh. that later. We'll fix this in Was post. It, uh,
2: it's an Indian, Ameri- Indian American- Honey's. Oh, Taiwanese, okay. Yeah, Chinese yeah, family that
1: moves from, yeah. they're in D.C. They, that was based on the on the memoirs of a stand-up comic, okay? It just took oh, all his experiences, okay. grew up in D.C., moved to Florida, and wow. wrote the book. The book became wow. a TV series. Great, I'm usually much better at trivia than I am. Constance Wu, the actress that was in a Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, okay. He was a okay. co-star of it, and- yeah john okay it doesn't matter we'll fix that in post but there's a lot of there's so much material in day-to-day yeah. life that everybody can relate to and, yeah. and it's great so i hope your book becomes a tv series later a movie yeah,
2: that would be great there you uh, go. yeah no i'm always thinking about that you know uh, you know people are like oh my god you should have a show where it's like you're the indian stand-up comedian and oh you mean like an indian seinfeld is that where you're going with this i don't know if i i've always thought about that someday but i think it might be a little different if i, I was ever. gonna
0: i was gonna i was gonna say ray romano but oh yeah.
2: that,
1: i love that There's a very strong, yeah so
0: you're a social media analyst
2: are you still a social media i'm actually i don't do that's one of the channels i work with all pretty much is it funny but my main sorry
0: is it funny? I don't, it doesn't go ahead and tell us oh, what your main thing is. My main question. Was, oh, no, so
2: and no, it's not <laughs> funny at all. There's nothing funny about what I do. I, so I'm, my main role is ba- mainly email communication and, uh, but I work with people from other channels as well. So yeah, it's just basically getting communication out to customers. So yeah.
0: <laughs> but this job sounds like it's pretty supportive for you to be able to tour a little bit and uh... yeah. It, That's it's it's not bad,
2: yeah. Because I try to space it out a little bit. I can't do like right now. I can't do every weekend or something, or just take off whenever I can. I try to space it out as much as I can, yeah. Or if if we're already traveling, like we were just in San Diego. I got a show there. Every time I go, we travel as a family. I try to oh, do a show. so yeah. yeah. I was um, going to ask you know, about that
1: mic-life yeah. balance. How do you... Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> mic-life balance. It's not easy. Even if you're not doing comedy and you're thinking about comedy or you're promoting your shows and I'm gonna be actually starting in January taking a breather just for a few months just to sit back a little bit can maybe finish up my book and and build up some more material or something but mainly just take a breath (laughs) and then start again I think we all need that sometimes in our life
0: (laughs) yeah how did you make it through COVID
2: Oh, it was it. This is going to sound weird, but I'm actually kind of glad it happened for my comedy, because if it wasn't for Zoom shows, I wouldn't be able to know the comics I know in other cities because I took it as a networking opportunity. A lot of comics, they tell me, I'll never do Zoom shows. It's not a real audience. And I was like, fine. Yeah, it's not. But. Take it for what it is. You actually, I did a show where everybody was, the whole show was based in South Africa. They were, I woke up at seven o'clock in the morning, did a show, but I thought it was so exciting. They were all from South Africa. When am I ever going to meet a South African comic? I'm not flying there. Now I know comics there and someday they'll come to the U.S. They'll come to Chicago. Who knows? Yeah. I, that's how I met. I did a audition for Flappers in Zoom, yeah. and during the audition, they sent me a booking notice to do a show, a Zoom show, and then I. That's how I got into the Burbank Comedy Festival, and now I can anytime I want send them an email. Wow! But and then it, so it, it the Zoom shows were just a great way just to meet yeah. people without leaving your without leaving your living room. You don't have to put on pants. You can meet them. Yeah. So yeah, COVID was great for that. (laughs) Although for, of course, everything else was just a hot mess, but, but yeah, as far as comedy, it helped a lot. And also I, it helped in writing more material. I did two live shows from my living room, two different half hour sets. So I got another half hour material while I was in COVID. That was an awesome experience. I was right in front of our empty couch, just (laughs) done. Yeah, it was fun.
0: What a what a great way to make a positive out of a difficult situation.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. You got to utilize what you have. Absolutely. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah. So what advice might you have for fledgling stand-ups?
2: Keep going. Don't give up. If you hmm. freeze on stage, it's not the end of the world. You're in all, all these comics, they've all they all go through a writing process. Like they're not just flinging it on stage, they new jokes, but yeah. They all started the same way. Nobody's just getting a special right off the bat. So yeah. don't get discouraged is probably the biggest thing. If you're, you enter a comedy contest, you don't win, who cares? And, but just the main thing is focus on you. I think that's the other important thing. A lot of comic comedians get caught up in what are they doing? What is, how are they getting those gigs? Oh my God. Like how, what are they doing that's so special? It doesn't matter because we're all on our own path create yours. I have a family with two kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. I'm not a single guy out there doing 10 mics, 20 mics a week. There was a comedian that once told me, he's, like, oh my God, you got to get out there, do three, four mics a night. Otherwise you're going to, you're not going to do anything. I'm, I was doing the same shows that he was or anybody yeah. else was. When I do one mic a week or maybe two weeks, like whenever I can, I can't get out there. Find your own path. It may not be the same as others. So yeah, I think if you follow those things, you'll you'll be fine. Oh, and also be funny. <laughs> write good. You know, write material. <laughs> I think that's the important thing. But but yeah. But even that, it, you're ask people, feed ideas off of comics or friends, and especially family. They'll give you. Hard feedback, but but yeah, just don't give up.
0: Do your kids think you're funny? Uh,
2: yeah, I think so. They're hilarious. They make fun of me all the time, but they're they're a great support. They yeah, they're really good. My my daughter tells jokes. She's very. They both like. You know, they love goofing off and yeah.
1: Okay, now think about this. There's going to be an electronic record of your shows. It's your kids are going to watch that. Okay. So what do you want them to? understand if we could okay, we'll put this in a time capsule we'll yeah. mail this to them in 20, years. Yeah. In 20 okay. years what should they know about what dad was up to
2: i think they should know that what they're watching took a lot of time a yeah. lot of hard work and it was many mics and shows and a lot of grind to yeah. make that happen and i was did what i love to do every yeah. time And I, and most importantly, I really like to make people laugh. So that's why you're listening to what you're listening to. As the ACDC
1: said, it's a long way to the top. If you want to rock and roll (laughs) uh, comedy, it takes 20 years of work to be an overnight sensation.
2: That seems about right.
1: (laughs) uh, There's a gentleness and a love that comes through in your performance and uh, that's, that I didn't sense you, know, you you weren't a shock jock you weren't trying to uh, yeah that's just you
2: right yeah definitely i'm not trying to put too much pressure out there i'm not really i'm just telling my jokes that's it. just talking to the audience i think that's one of the best advice i've gotten was make it a it was probably seinfeld i he's one of my comedy <laughs> idols because he always gives great advice and i think one of the things he said is it's like a conversation with the audience oh. like you're just talking and they're laughing and you there's a balance there it's, and that's uh, exactly what i'm doing is just talking to the audience and they're just responding <laughs> yeah
0: that's i love that yeah i to take a second with that i'll probably cut <laughs> out I'll probably have to cut out the pause, but for now, yeah,
2: it's let's enjoy he's, that. He's thought. pretty cool. He I've seen some interviews with him, and it's a, it's great how he puts things into perspective. He'll say, "As soon as you day one, when you pick up that mic, you're already a comedian." Mm-hmm. They introduce you as a comedian. It's not, "Hey, next up, we got this guy who's going to be practicing to be a comedian," <laughs> or your, "Your next comedian coming to the stage." You're already a comedian, right? When you get up there, wow. So, yeah. The audience doesn't know how long you've been doing stand-up. The yeah. audience, all they know is you're the next comic. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So that's the kind of thing you got to tell yourself is, I'm a comedian. And I'm not, I'm a one-year comedian. No, I'm a
1: comedian. Yeah, there's no, no certification. There's no. Yeah. That's right. There's no board of professional yeah. comics that to have to apply to and do an internship and anything like that. That's That's right. Definitely.
2: That's it. That's you it's you. There's no Yeah.
1: And did you
0: can I ask, did your family come from the north or from the south of India? South. South? south. Uh, good like,
2: music. Uh, here somewhere close to, a little bit. I think the bigger city is probably Hyderabad.
0: Hyderabad, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the music is good coming from there.
2: Yeah. A lot of good music. A lot of and, good music. And yeah.
0: you so you do you have you gone back to India to do any stand up there?
2: I haven't. My wife actually, her friend's brother runs a comedy uh, oh, wow. club, like thing. He runs shows and stuff. So there's opportunity next time I go back, and that's in New Delhi. Their family, mm-hmm. all their friends are up there. There's some opportunity. I and mean, I'm just gonna speak just like this, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know any Hindi. Oh, yeah, really? Very little. Okay. So Danyavad. <laughs> They'll know I don't know Hindi either. Like it's right. not even hide <laughs> that. So. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah. Your kids don't know either. Because when I'm clowning the kids teach me. Yeah. Oh. Danyavad. I learned that Dhanyavad. from some kids. Yeah. And yeah. then but you are Hindi, yeah?
2: Yeah, Hindu, but I don't Hindu, speak. Sorry. So my family speaks Telugu. It's uh Oh interesting. Big a dialect. In yeah. Yeah, so there's it's one of the main so Hindi is a national language, but then there's 20 sta- they call it like state languages. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nice. But you, okay. So your Hindi is the language.
2: Yeah. That's H- like H- the national, yeah. Language, mostly spoken in the North, but everybody knows it, but you don't hear, you hear it a lot more in the North. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So South India, you'll hear Tamil Nadu. Uh-huh. You'll hear Tamil. Uh huh. Andhra Pradesh, you'll hear Telugu. That's where I'm from, the state okay. of Andhra Pradesh. And then there's other states. So there's these all these other languages like Malayalam or Kerala around that uh-huh. area. But, and everybody knows Hindi, like they learn it in school and, but really a lot of the Northern part, they, they speak it all the time.
0: I hadn't, I did not know that at all. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And there's, so even if you go in the North, there's different states like Punjab, Gujarat, you got Punjabi, Gujarat. So yeah, they're yeah, and Hindu. I pronounce
0: it all wrong.
2: Yeah. It, oh, no worries. Because
0: <laughs> I call it Punjab, and I love that that's okay. music too. <laughs> I,
2: yeah, people will know what you're talking about. So I think.
0: But and then, are you you follow Hindu religion? I
2: do. I mean, we we do a lot of the festivals. I I also practice Buddhism, so that's oh, nice. probably what I do more. Which yeah. type? That's called Nichiren Buddhism. Okay from Japan. I started in India, but then Japan is really where it's from. Yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah, because I've chanted Mahayana.
2: Okay. And uh, I do,
0: I studied transcendental meditation. Oh, nice. I'm I'm just now getting certified in yoga. Great. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing kids yoga. So
2: Oh, cool! (laughs)
0: Improv, improv, and yoga, and storytelling—just sounds like so much fun together. That sounds awesome for the kids. And uh, and Zen—I've I've I've meditated Zen years ago, and so that's so. I was gonna make a joke and ask if you preferred Ganesha or Kali, but that doesn't sound like maybe neither. So, do you want to go to Bollywood?
2: No, I don't know. No, not your scene, (laughs) not even Hollywood. I don't think so. (laughs) I want to write if I do anything, I would love to write for a show, or even I think that would be awesome someday just to write a pilot and see where it goes. Yeah, Yeah. definitely will be like me, and it's kind of like the it definitely a character who's an Indian stand up comic but maybe a little more spin to it than what what Seinfeld or anything else will be but I think that'd be interesting to play around yeah. with that idea
0: and what should we ask you that we haven't asked you yet
2: oh wow I don't know I, I don't know that's a good question
1: we've <laughs> okay. already plugged the dry bar comedy show yeah Okay, that's it so what are some of the big gigs you have coming up between now and the end of the year
2: so I have my big gig is probably coming up in the one in November at Flappers comedy club. I'll be in their main room called famous Friday showcase.
1: Okay.
2: So if you're anybody out in LA around the area or want to fly there, I'll be at Flappers. It'll be November 11th, 10 o'clock in their main room. And I'm trying to, I'm in the process of getting more shows big booked while I'm out there. I have a uh, Chicago people. I have a show coming up in the city on uh, Rogers Park, Edgewater area. It's at Red Room Comedy Club, October 29th mm-hmm. at eight o'clock. It's called the 50 Shades of Brown show. So it's okay. all Indian okay. comics. <laughs> so you got four, four Indian comedians are going to just do their thing it's just the four of us. The good. The the thing about that show is there's no host. We introduce each other. Uh, Do you think
1: that will become a a touring thing?
2: (laughs) I don't know. The comics I'm going to be working with, they already tour. Like, they're very busy. It's even, I'm really happy we even were able to find a date for all of us to do a show. So that's October 29th, 8 o'clock at Red Room Comedy Club. It's on a Western. That's how you know you got the right, right club. Yeah. And then really, I also do private shows. So I have a lot of those coming up. I do birthdays, <clears throat> anniversaries, funerals, if you want. I've never had one yet, but if, uh, if that's what you want, I think that'd be, but yeah. I, I think that could be
1: a burgeoning market here. I think, that?
2: yeah, I'm surprised. Nobody's, maybe they don't advertise it. I don't know, but maybe, <laughs> uh, but yeah, mostly birthdays and uh, anniversaries. And uh, I just did a wedding reception and a lot of them were late, like because of COVID. So the thing is they couldn't do an event. I just did one. They got married two years ago. And now they're having the wedding reception. And it was just funny because a lot of the stuff was it. It was more of like they did a game where it was, how well do you know your spouse? And I was like, it's been two years. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't know your spouse by now, like there's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how social distance they were in their house, but yeah. <laughs> it was, a late we had a lot of fun with it because it was like so much later that you know, they were doing it, but, uh, but it was really nice. So yeah, me and a friend of mine emceed that mm-hmm. event for them. So yeah, I do private events and again, you can... Anybody can reach me out on Facebook or Instagram, send me a DM. I don't have a I've had a website. I'm trying to figure out how to revamp it a little bit. It'll be back up. But but yeah, they can contact me. Anytime. do you have any
0: email address that you'd like people yeah. to send?
2: Yeah, so you guys can email me at D I B H A T L A 0628 at gmail dot com. And yeah, pretty much just to uh, contact me. I'm I don't really have a form or anything right now. I do. I did on my website. I've had that website for so long. I don't think I saw one person fill out the form. They just contact me. Just, I'm like, "You know what? Don't worry about the form. Just direct message me now."
0: And so you don't have you don't have a booking agent. You're booking your own I, gigs. I have one. I just sat, got
2: one for cruises. Nice. So huh. next year, I was supposed to do one this year, but next year, that's probably going to start up. Once that starts, I'm going to put it everywhere. So you want to see me 10 times in one week? So yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that it's great how connected, uh, how great people are in the community and wherever you are, the people are nice. Oh, they, yeah. My uncle was like, oh, he's talking about Jim Bob and that he does this. And I, and then it's hilarious. I, I was like, ah, oh, it's a small world. Yeah, that's why I, I reached out to him on,
0: on LinkedIn. He is brilliant. He is <laughs> very funny. He is everywhere. So he's a Zoom host <laughs> for all kinds of parts of this organization. Oh, cool. And he supports everybody. Yeah. He's really brilliant. And that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. So
2: you guys can watch my special on drybarcomedy.com. And uh, all you do is sign up. And you can use a promo code, my full name, Raghu Adibatla, R-A-G-H-U-A-D-I-B-H-A-T-L-A, all one word. You can use that as a promo code or just my first name, (laughs) R-A-G-H-U. And you'll get one month free. So you'll be able to watch it. You can cancel it after you watch it. I don't care, whatever you want to do. But I encourage people to keep it. It's only five bucks a month. And you get a lot of great comedy, especially if you like clean comedy, family humor. These comics are hilarious. There's actually a few that are from Chicago. Even the same weekend I was taping, one of my friends was taping the same weekend from Chicago. So uh, oh, so nice. I stayed the whole weekend, watched his special as well. And uh, But yeah, really funny people. And these are a lot of them you haven't heard of and that are just emerging. And this is how we got to know all the comics we know, right? So you gotta start somewhere and you never know. Like these these people are funny. Chris Farley's brother has a special on there. And uh, Josh Blue, really funny, really. He's also a national headliner. So there there's a lot of people on there. I just hosted for a comic, Brad Upton, who has two specials on there. He was hilarious. Watching him live, it was so funny. It was an absolute pleasure hosting for him, but yeah. I encourage them to keep the subscription.
1: Nice, that's great information. Thank
2: you. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool site.
1: You know, some vegetarian friends of mine invited me to go to the football game. So we had a kale gate party. (laughs) That's
2: pretty funny. Nice.
1: (laughs) Hi, I'm Jim Bob Williams. I got kicked out of the Zoom meeting, so I'll have to give you a few closing comments all by myself. Raghu Adibatla is one of the fastest rising comics in the country. You can see him at comedy clubs in Chicago, Los Angeles, and also his dry bar comedy special. You can follow him on Instagram at rracomic, and I think you're going to enjoy his brand of uplifting, family-friendly humor. This is Jim Bob Williams. Good night.
0: He says, "Great chat, and you're going to be a star." Oh, they,
2: they, so nice of them.
0: So thank you, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure getting to know you.
2: Thank you for having me on. This is uh, this has been a lot of fun, it
0: has. Thank you very much. Best wishes to you in your career.
1: I'd like to thank Raghu Adibatla for joining us today on Laughbox.
0: Thank you for joining us for episode ninety-two with Jim Bob Williams, KDB, and our special guest Raghu Adibatla. This has been Laugh Box, brought to you by the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Thank you so much for hanging out with us.
1: Laugh Box is a production of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Visit us online at www.aath.org. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Music by Gary Rubio. For more information, www.garyrubiomusic.com.
0: And we'll see you next time.